conversation before starting this episode victoria's like should we just keep naming it you know mm-hmm. 28 29 30 or do we just like start over at one with season three i was like we should start over it's easier to count starting <laughs> from one <laughs> i mean to save you guys from having to listen to it's episode 33 four, four, two. <laughs> yeah so um welcome back um this is the chemist confessions podcast we're gonna do a formal introduction today to start off the year Gasp. <laughs> anyways i'm victoria and i'm gloria and this is the chemist confessions podcast a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we usually there's a, our flow is we start out with some news mm-hmm. we talk about ourselves our brand a little mm-hmm. bit and then we get into the meat every episode has mm-hmm. a theme and a, a more focused topic mm-hmm. um we added a new segment that last year called decode that claim where mm-hmm. we find some absurd claims which is not very difficult to do um <laughs> and we kind of poke fun at fun, fun at it and lastly we have our animal corner which is just just a selfish, self-serving segment where we talk about absurd things from the cute and cuddly quokas to termites that ended last year. <laughs> to tabloid-worthy termites. Yes. Um, yeah, and so today's podcast is actually going to be all about the routine. Mm-hmm. Since it's New Year, New Me, we're all in the motivation. We're feeling the motivation. Um, we're feeling like you know, the new waves of improvement. I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't know. There's still <laughs> residual feelings about 2021 that I don't know have been solved. But we're going to get into the routine and just set everyone up for some good practices, some top tips on just how to build a routine um, and maybe introduce a few actives. Yep. But first things first, what are we drinking, Victoria? Well, we are drinking. We were so kindly gifted a bottle of mezcal um, from our friends at Skin Fix. Mm -hmm. Um, We were invited to speak on their podcast and we had a lot of fun and they also enjoyed a cocktail or two. So we are drinking mezcal and that is um, diluted with some basically pineapple green tea and some sugar because mezcal for those of you who have never tried it is pretty smoky okay so who needs some a little some some yeah but anyways cheers, cheers. <laughs> all right it's the new year so we're gonna kick off with brand uh, updates yes. but i guess we should touch base on um victoria any oh. new year's resolutions <laughs> this year so um I don't really make ones for myself. I actually mm-hmm. ended up make we so my fiance and I we make them for each other. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. To be fair, they're not like brutal, but um the one that he came up with is for me to which is very fair is to stop obsessing like I guess that's not the right word. Uh, to stop excessively snacking because he has witnessed me more than once eat an entire bag of cheese puffs or potato chips <laughs> and then like skip a meal and it's like horrible. Mm-hmm. And so, and he knows this. So 
anyways, that is my goal is to like reduce the snacking and really put it to some wholesome, healthy meals. Yeah, that's so a that's good funny. one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I was just thinking about it. So last year, my skin resolution was to rain in retinol. Ah, and yeah. because we were also formulating double play at the time, yeah. it was the perfect project to work on. Yeah. And after a year of like being on, on yeah. retinol off again, I think I'm at a pretty happy place with it right now. We got her. Yes. We got her, guys. Um, I'm using it four nights a week uh, at 0.3%. Mm. I think my skin is peachy. I can I can go back to gold standard and use glycolic acid again without too much irritation before I had to dial, dial back down to baby stuff. Excellent. So for me, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to push for a higher level for the time being. Love I it. don't really need much else. So I'm going to state the course. So for my resolution, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I mean, the standard ones of, um, I don't know, just like, be good, you know. Be good. Be, 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 be good. Work out. Be good. good. I, I, will I think ask, that's great. I yeah. will ask my fiance, though. I'm sure he has a long deal of stuff. <laughs> I heard Victoria is letting Adam set uh, resolutions. <laughs> well, I happen to have this 10 bullet point list. Um, so I will ask him. Chris will never let me hang out with Gloria ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, okay, for my skin cold this year, and it's going to be super hard, is not to touch my face because like having acne <laughs> i don't believe yeah and gloria's seen like how as like a nervous tick or when i'm stressed like how i can literally just like rub my like face and also because i deal with acne it's all really hard and can't help but want to just go at it so i think that would be a pretty tough one but mm. i will i kind of as a like a skin goal i might try that yeah yeah, yeah. good yeah. luck i think it's a good one she sees me just like ah! i mean <laughs> to be fair we both have really uh weird nervous tics oh i got one oh. for you <laughs> yes lip peeling yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> our longtime listeners will know i have very dry skin and i just have like dry skin dry hair dry lips um, so I sometimes get peely lips and when we are working and sometimes when I'm stressed, I will sit there and I don't even know I'm doing this as I'm thinking I will peel my lips. <laughs> it's pretty horrifying. Yep. Yep. So if you were to ever work with us at a table, you will be horrified by our facial <laughs> face touching <laughs> lip peeling. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's try it. I, I'm down. One. Let's try this. All, All right. right. How far we get. Anyway, so, um. Before we get into the news, uh, just a few brand updates. One of the things you might have noticed is how many things are out of stock. Lord <laughs> have mercy. Yeah, so we are working on it. Um, luckily, we were able to get Aquafix back in stock, which mm-hmm. we are so proud of. And also the fact that it is no longer a 30 ml bottle. It is now 50 ml. It's Woo! gone taller. It had a growth spurt. Yeah, so when we, when we first started, we took a picture once um, where... Uh, we have uh, us handing Aquafix to each other as a set, <laughs> and we called it like pass the baton of hydration or something like that. Yeah. Now we it looks so like a baton. Yeah, we are. <laughs> our product picture names, like the files in the um, in our drives, look so stupid. It was like pass the baton of hydration and <laughs> pew pew. 
<laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yep, it's true. Um, so yeah, so we're really proud of that. We're also really proud that we don't have to increase the price that much, um, despite the waves of inflammation. Uh, inflammation. inflammation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, inflation that's causing inflammation. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah, so we just... It's something that as a small business, we continue to work towards. It's just making better skincare more affordable. And it's really not an easy task, uh, especially with all of the good ingredients that we like. So I'm um, pretty proud that we got to basically end the year on that. Yeah, so um, keep your eyes peeled for Mr. Reliable mm-hmm. and Bon Voyage. We're hoping to bring both of those back by mid-February, mm-hmm. so it should be very soon. Um, yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. I really hope by next episode we're not going like, "Hey guys, we're really sorry about Mr. Life hoping I'll stop for two months." But um, fingers crossed. There's been a big struggle with. So for those of you who's been listening to us for a while, there, you're probably like. The original formula or are you talking about 2.0 <laughs> so the original fair <laughs> coming back in stock um we had there's a lot of raw, raw material shortage issues so 2.0 is on backlog for a little bit longer but we are working very hard on bringing everything back yeah cool all right let's uh celebrate a, with a bit of nice words nice words um so we want to talk about our deluxe dry skin kit today and actually that kit includes the our aquafix the better oil and also baby steps so take it away gloria yeah so this person says title exactly i just said the word title (laughs) title wow brain mask health thank you skinfix she says this was uh exactly what i wanted i was looking for an aha to help boost my routine uh, to the next level i've been using prescription for blemishes for about a year and was looking for something to use uh, on my off nights and baby steps help work with the prescription to fade the look of blemish marks from the past it also helps my skin stay clear and plump. I've tried other lactic acids in the past and was sensitive to their scents. Oh, this wow. mix with Aquafix <laughs> smells natural and put it uh, to put it one way. LOL. I know what that LOL means. <laughs> we struggle with that as well. Um, it was fun to receive a sample of the glycolic acid too. The gold standard. Uh, I'm going to use it on Saturday night. Night mask. Love chemist confessions. Yeah. Thank you. And I, the LOL is very telling and yes for those of you who haven't tried baby steps yet we made the very conscious decision to not add any sort of fragrance component not essential oils not even any sort of blossom water or extract that has a natural scent Mm -hmm. to keep it as gentle as humanly possible Mm -hmm. the trade-off is lactic acid has a scent that smells a bit like fermented something something (laughs) tofu (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah um and we received another nice review about baby steps um in specifically um uh and they just it's also titled gentle uh and and she writes i have very fair skin and have not had a great experience with previous chemical exfoliation gels this was recommended to me by my esthetician. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it works wonderful. No irritation, but my skin is so much smoother after use. Lovely. So that's everything we wanted. And we love our steps. esthetician friends. Um, yeah. So thank your esthetician for us. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Uh, shall we do one more? Yes, just one last one. It's the New Year episode, so it's uh, we're starting off with some good vibes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this one is actually on the Uncactus Dry Skin Kit. So uh, to be fair, we talked about the Deluxe, which includes Baby Step. Uncactus is just Aquafix and the better oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and she writes, amazing. Love all the products. I always had trouble with dehydrated skin, and the Aquafix somehow gave me the hydration and moisture I needed. In cold winter in the Northeast. Bless you. We feel you. I just came back from there. Bless yeah. you. <laughs> the oil is also amazing. I am waiting to try the occlusive balm and the reliable moisturizer. Working on it. I am a forever customer. I don't even want to look at other skincare because my skin is so happy and the routine is so simple. Yay! And yes, uh, old fans will know Aquafix is my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. And you know, given what we do, yeah, we rotate through skincare a lot. Mm-hmm. We have to try other brands. We have to try our new formulas. It's just a lot of work, but that is forever my staple. Yeah, agreed. All right. So that's it for some brand updates. We are going to get straight into the news because there's a lot of good stuff going on. So first things first, we have to talk about some of these New Year's trends lists that have come out. So um, you might have seen that we talked about this on Instagram, um, Mm -hmm. but there's actually so many. You can take your time to browse. We are actually going to go through Bustle's. Uh, 10 skincare trends that they talked about for 2022. Uh, so first things first, we'll go through the list and then we're just going to have Gloria commentate. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So number one, they have a focus on phytoestrogens. Huh. Um, they have a picture. They kind of talked about um, Paula's choices, uh, retinol and bakuchiol treatment. I mean, I guess it's been going on for a really long time. Like, they're always looking at more active plant-based ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cool. Um, I think Bakuchiol in particular has better, um, better data than most other plant-derived ingredients out there. Um, with a lot of focus on this, sure, if there's more data, we love to see more. Um, but like any other planty stuff, like, there's only a few planting ingredients that we are excited about i think that we're starting to see a growth in you know postmenopausal skincare mm-hmm. um and just kind of this awareness around that and definitely all valid concerns we know that um skin does take go through some very drastic changes after um postmenopause um but the thing is um in terms of science and also being able to link that to some sort of topical solution, that's all really, really difficult. Um, I The mechanisms, um, even the mode for even treating would be really difficult. So I would say that this is all nice in theory, but we don't expect to see any, I would say, real substantial conclusions here. Yeah, and I also want to add that I think a lot of times in skincare, what happens is you find a new way or mechanism that skin ages i mean obviously as you age there's a thousand to the list yeah a thousand (laughs) things that affect your aging and then they go and most of the time they look at ingredients that's that are already on people's radar to see if it works for that pathway yeah so again if you have a solid skin foundation if you don't we're on it um (laughs) you know just stay the course and you know now with you don't have to jump on a new trend every time you hear a new scary way you're aging. Exactly. All right. Number two, 
new hyperpigmentation heroes hmm i think that's a really big one always uh, hyperpigmentation is a really big topic um it's and stubborn yeah difficult to solve check out this wonderful book called skincare decoded it breaks down <laughs> all the ways your skin produces pigmentation and how it's a full routine problem mm-hmm. in this in the bustle article they call specifically tranexamic acid mm-hmm. which is not new but in asian skincare definitely not yeah it's been around since i was but a wee child so, <laughs> you know but um we will definitely i don't know i think it's an area that's there's always a lot of interest but execution is very difficult so mm-hmm. keep your eyes peeled number three this is a juicy one ATP stimulating skincare. And for those of you who have not taken biology or need a biology refresher, this has everything to do with your mitochondria. Yeah, so this is, I feel like um, cell energy skincare have been trying to, it's like Fetch, they've been trying to make this happen for a long time now. (laughs) I know data reference, but (laughs) ATP is basically the basis for um, your metabolism and your energy blocks. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've been looking at mitochondrial care for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, it teeters into this weird territory where you can't make... Talk about it. You shouldn't be able to talk Mm -hmm. about it, yet some brands do. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it gets into the realm of drugs. Um, There are some bases of like, you know, in vitro data on how important, like, the powerhouse of the cell is very important to your health overall. Mm-hmm. No brainer. But how does that translate into something that you apply from a serum bottle? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yep. So I couldn't have said that better. We're moving on. Next one, number four. Facial massage tools, which I... Is that a new trend? I just feel <laughs> this list is just like <laughs> someone fished out the 2001 they list. Like shuck it in a hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I like that going from ATP to facial massage tools, the scientific <laughs> density just went. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and I agree. I'm sure there will be more f- like facial massage tools of all sorts of designs. I always love thinking about Foreo and then how mm. after that we got all sorts of silicone brush silicone brushes yeah. that vibrated, that went in different in a directions. Very foul way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they still selling the eye massage tool? They are oh my the God. one that gyrates. We'll, po- we'll post a little video of it. It's we saw it, we we're like, ew. <laughs> but um I this category doesn't offend me because no. I think it's like fun self-care. Like some of the claims can be ridiculous, but it's exactly. it's fun. And the reality is... It's a me time thing. Yeah. Yes. I'm not someone that's ritualistic enough to really take full advantage of it, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, it's all about expectations, right? Yeah. Um, all right. So number five, milder chemical peels. Oh, Mm, I think it's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think maybe maybe this has been going on since 2001 because I think 2019 and 2020 was when we saw people were really brave mm. with chemical peels. Now, to be fair, our gold standard is pretty aggressive. It's at 30% um, glycolic acid. It's probably about... It was that to us, we wanted to make something that um, we're confident that we can guide people through using safely. Mm-hmm. But we just see so many um, so many people out there um, buying these really aggressive peel products. You can buy absurdly aggressive products on Amazon. 
<laughs> they can uh, buy weirdly aggressive peels online. Yeah, so I think it's about time. It is time that, and I think ever since last year too, people have realized that that's just not the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a time and place for these very aggro products, mm-hmm. and it's probably not at home by yourselves. Yeah. So um, I agree. I think I think that everyone's the majority of everyone's entry point should be gentle peels. Um, if you happen to listen to our podcast, our last podcast, we actually talked about how, you know, AHAs are actually a pretty important part of your routine. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm pretty much on the boat boat that it could be considered a fundamental in your routine now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about being able to go about it the right way, gently, patiently, you know. So, um, yeah, I agree. All right. Number six. This one, I feel like, is also stemming from 2021, but waterless skincare yeah (laughs) oh whatever (laughs) this is not our favorite category um we totally understand the movement we understand the awareness that waterless skincare brings but you are missing a whole host of ingredients by going waterless and so for us this is really not our favorite trend just because of how limited we'll be in formulation. And as cosmetic chemists, like, don't limit us. Don't do that. (laughs) We love our water-based products. Yeah, exactly. All right, number seven. Blue light protection. (laughs) Next! Next! (laughs) And that's really all we got to (laughs) say. I totally agree. Uh, We're moving on. I feel like that's circa 2020 at this point. Mm -hmm. All right, number eight. Skin barrier repair. That's also, like, a continuation from the trend of... um, People are using really aggressive products. We see that so many people now know, like, ingredient names. You know, mm-hmm. people are so educated now. But then from that comes a, a point where people get a little too experiment happy, yeah. go for the highest percentages of everything. So inevitably they go, okay, let's not irritate the skin barrier. Yeah. Let's um, let's go back to taking care of the fundamentals. So yeah. I think it's good. It's a good trend. Yeah, and it is important. It's, mm-hmm. uh, like... Gloria said, a fundamental, and so it should be a core focus. Mm-hmm. All right, number nine, a less is more approach. Hmm. I personally like this mm-hmm. just because I am a lazy soul, and I do like, <clears throat> you know, less is more for me. Um, and I think that it helps people kind of bring it back, you know, and we always have this, like, um, you know candy shop mentality when you come like when you get into skincare you want to try everything and we always try to remind people and we'll get into this more when we talk about routines is that like at the end of the day you want your what's your bare bone routine that you can fall back to you know and um having this like less is more mentality obviously will help you build up and you know it's just gonna be more successful all around so yep yep yeah we do like that goal all right number 10 the skinification of hair oh man i feel like i probably start seeing every all the hairs that pop out the woodworks end up last year totally agree there's so many brands doing scalp care um i think it's good but i will say as probably not a consumer in this category i'm like carefully skeptical mm-hmm. I, I just see a lot of times when new people try to get into the category there is there are a lot of people that are pressured to just put something out there mm-hmm. and ends up being really lazy and yes. what does that really do yes and because 
I just feel like hair care in terms of clinical and data is mm-hmm. wildly different than yes. skin. Um, it's definitely going to take some filtering to figure out stuff that actually works for your hair. But I, this is definitely happening for sure mm-hmm. this year. I think uh, Gloria and I were talking about it. This will be the year of hair. So yes. more to come for sure. Maybe this is the year. I'll finally take care of my hair. <laughs> is that your New Year's resolution? I don't know. I'm skeptical. <laughs> Gloria has commitment phobia in terms of resolution. Clearly. We'll get, we'll get her to choose one soon. All right. Okay. So that's for predictions. Um, I did want to bring up the fact that uh, there is an article that came out talking about how Lush has made a public announcement to close their social media channels. This includes Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, The general consensus is that they are dialing it back. Um, They want to look at more positive outlets um, and just really, um, I guess, be more intentional about what social media and the content that's produced on it, what is that going to be all for? Um, So, yeah, if you go onto their Instagram, you will see that um, they really are just, you know, they're closing it down uh, Mm -hmm. end of January. So I thought that was a really interesting move, um, especially in such a social media frenzied uh, realm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I thought that was cool. I think it's really fascinating. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that will be a mainstream move. To be fair, I don't think Lush has ever been like a brand that does just mainstream things. That's true. So I think it's, I think it's kind of nice, you know, like social media is how we got started. Oh, we we should mention they did keep a couple of their outlets, um, like YouTube. And something that Victoria and I struggled a lot with (laughs) was we briefly talked about doing TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) We tried. Actually, if you went on our Instagram, you'll see that we tried to create two videos. Oh, God. And we're like, what is TikTok for? Like, what would be helpful on TikTok? It was really hard for us. It was. I think it was. I, I On one hand, I'm like, it's a very effective tool to mm-hmm. put yourself out there to get people to. And, and there's so many people right now doing some form of skin science or whatever on, uh, on TikTok. For us, it was just not a channel that really fit our personality too well. And a lot. We don't of, like dancing. Unless but, under alcohol. See, see. I don't know if that works for us, but. Um, at the same time, I feel like when we did those two painful videos, we felt like, oh, man, like, we have to trim a lot of stuff out. Yeah. We're trying to mash, smash information in there. It was yeah. just... That was the toughest thing about Yeah. That, for sure. And I'm sure everyone hears about how toxic and negative social media can be. So yeah. I, I I also think it's really... It's a very interesting decision by Lush, especially because their bread and butter is brick and mortar stores, which has taken yeah. such a big hit during the yeah. pandemic. So for them to, like, point. roll back presence on internet interesting we'll see yeah i do applaud them though because i think that it really goes against the grain of like successful cosmetic businesses Mm -hmm. like and successful business practices yeah so um yeah i agree um let's see what happens all right i also wanted to share this um article I found. Um, Basically, it was talking about how Biosance um, has a new global ambassador, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's Reese Witherspoon. And so she um, talks about her partnership with them. And I'm just going to read you a quote, and then uh, it's just 
for Gloria. More for fun for Gloria. All right. She writes, uh, I didn't realize how many ingredients were being harvested in unethical ways until I started seeing the data they had, Witherspoon says. Shark liver oil was being harvested by killing tons of sharks and disrupting the oceans. They were finding biotech solutions, they being biosons, were finding biotech solutions to these problems and creating sustainable products in very ethical ways by using sugarcane and not harming the environment. Also, women haven't always been at the forefront of talking about how products are made. Seeing this company that was so female forward and so environmentally forward was really encouraging and I was excited to be part of the Biosans family because of it. Um, so I wanted to share this more because of the shark oil aspect. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, <laughs> traditionally, shark, shark liver is rich in squalling and squalling. So once upon a time, it is it could be derived from sharks. Um, I think it'd be pretty hard to find shark squalling yes. nowadays. Yes. Most of um, the squalling used in the market, even if... So sugarcane is one big source of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is derived from olives now. Yes. Um, it is... It's... Honestly, I think it's almost genius that they're marketing something that has been done. Yeah. In a way, it does show the good work that um, they have done. But at the same time, it's like a little op op opportunistic because it's yes. the, the supplier side, um, ingredient sourcing side, that's um, making everything more plant sourceable has been a project that's been going on for decades. So, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I think the reason why I wanted to share this was that um, for those of you who might you've heard the rave about squalling yeah. but then suddenly hear that holy cow <gasps> it's from, shark. from sharks mm -hmm. uh the idea is just to share that that hasn't been an issue for a very long time mm -hmm. um it's it's squalling plant-based squalling has always been used when we were working and first started um and Since it's really not a new thing and so uh, definitely don't want y'all to run out and start questioning all the sources of squalling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was gonna say nowadays it's probably very expensive to get shark derived squalling. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. not an issue. And possibly illegal. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, it, it's probably <laughs> definitely illegal in a lot of places. So, yeah, exactly. Anyway, all right. um, cool. cool. <laughs> all right, and then. Really, really excited, excited. <laughs> but that's it. It's 2022. We've seen the trends about celebrity skincare, so we are definitely doing celebrity bingo, bingo this year. Cards. Yep. And so we are going to share our, our celebrity cards. skincare bingo cards here. Um, I did want to just share with Gloria like a couple that I thought I kind of like put it out. It's like really out there, but mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know. And the, the other thing I should also preface with is um, I shouldn't just say skincare, it's also cosmetics as well. Got it. So this year I found out that um, they are going to come out with the Mario and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mm -hmm. And I have a prediction that we will see a makeup palette come from them. Oh, probably. Yeah, right? that's a solid one. Right, because I feel like Mac, they did the Star Wars one. Yeah, so, so good. we definitely will see those. Mm. Um I also had like a couple honorable mentions that were like, oh, could be, but like, I don't know. Um, for me, I feel like Zendaya is really having a moment, but mm -hmm. because she's like uh, Jenna Feek's 
spokesperson right now, but I just feel like she Those is primed. Are so awkward, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she is primed and ready to come out with her own line. So mm. I, I that's the one where I was like, oh, I could see it. Solid guess. I have to say that um, in the post where we talked about trends, yeah, we talked about how I think Allure said that celebrity brands is gonna be a trend. Mm-hmm. Most of you had a very visceral <laughs> reaction to it, and it made us really it. happy. It was really funny. Um, yeah, I think Victoria's guesses are very solid. Yeah. I haven't made my bingo card yet. <laughs> I just feel like, oh man, I I can see so many people come out with this yeah. skincare line. So I'll make my card and I'll post it yeah. here. Um, so we really yeah. want you guys to join us in on this. Yes. Um, send us your bingo cards. Um, and, you know, if you hit the bingo card jackpot, uh, we'll send you our line of skincare <laughs> or something just to celebrate and well, to maybe, join us. Maybe some mezcal. <laughs> yeah, maybe some mezcal. So, yeah, uh, please build it. Join us. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And it'll help us get through these celebrity skincare launches. I feel like I have to catch up with pop culture to make this bingo card <laughs> bts oh you got a m- mcdonald's they gotta have their own well, they should already have some sort of makeup right? palette or something yeah right? their eyebrows are on fleek yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> you're right those eyebrows i had a lot of eyebrow envy last year i was like i'm gonna fix my eyebrows this year so yeah you know what at least maybe a brow pen yeah exactly all right cool all right, so that's the news. Send us your bingo card. Uh, we are so curious to see what everyone thinks. So, yeah. But that's it for the news, and let's jump into the meat. Oh, yeah. All right, so today's meat is all about building that skincare routine. And so for some of you, this is going to feel like a review, but we're going to go through a few topics, and hopefully you'll learn some one at least one thing that's new. Um, so we're going to first go through a review of stuff you may already know. Like first, we have to talk about a few skincare commandments that you must live by. Okay. So first things first, we have to run through a few skincare commandments to live by. Ta-da! Refer to skincare decoded if you want a more in-depth review on it. Um, so number one, consistency is what actually leads to results. Yes. So this is... Uh, as we're recording this podcast, we are doing a run of our chemist recommended. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, top tips we always give out on these things is people tend to have really complicated routines. Yes. There's some people that have, they will tell us they use 13 products at a time. Yes. And for us, it's just, we always ask them like, which one do you really stick with? Like staying consistent is much more important than using every single useful ingredient that you can possibly get your hands on. Exactly. And also know that when uh, brands and suppliers, they test their ingredients, um, they are using this one formula, Mm -hmm. usually twice a day, every day for six weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's the type of consistency that you're basing off like those results that you hear about. So imagine if you are putting these actives in rotation, you're only using one active three times a week, and then you have another one maybe once a week. It's just not really how that works, and it can get very convoluted very quickly. I recently had a really stupid epiphany. Go on. I feel like skincare is kind of like working out. <laughs> so like if you are... It can be. Yeah, yes, right? it can be. So the equivalent of that is like if you go to the gym every day, mm-hmm. but you do all these random things like 
different things yeah. every uh, every day, every week, yeah. and there isn't a set routine you're sticking with, a set like active or move you're trying to get better at you're probably not going to get very good results in the long run that's true if you only do cardio once every 10 days yeah and decide to do arms every eight days mm -hmm. i don't know what you're gaining and that might be my actual workout all right number two all skincare needs time to work so obviously like we just mentioned you know you just we really need to manage expectations here when it comes to tackling skin concerns. You know, you need to give your skincare time to work um, and definitely visit the links below um, to kind of get a review on timeline um, for your skincare because it can differ depending on skin concern, product type. Um, so all of those things factor in. Yeah. And generally speaking, just be very wary of products that tell you you're gonna look 10 years younger in about 24 hours yeah exactly. it's not how skin works not how skincare works exactly all right uh number three uh so this is really just a reminder that irritation is basically the skincare equivalence of taking one step forward and three steps step back and why we bring that up is because like we said it's very easy to get carried away with mm -hmm. you know trying new products putting new products and layers into your routine but that can easily lead to irritation and when that happens you end up having to dial back everything and kind of start from the beginning and that's why we want to remind you at the end of the day be mindful of skin what it's saying to you and also just minimize irritation yeah and just know that inflammation is a very mm -hmm. real thing mm -hmm. so if your skin is constantly mad at you it's not good in the long run. Um, there are active, good actives um, can sometimes be irritating, but it's about, you know, like getting your skin acclimated slowly, like treating it nicely. Exactly. And, you know, just to wrap that up, um, we have a golden rule, and that's just to listen to your skin through its entire journey. Um, I think it's pretty easy to get swayed by everything you read or hear or someone talks about, and, you know, you want to either try it all or reject your current routine you know and at the end of the day like you know your skin best and we want you to remember that and stick to that yeah, yeah. awesome all right uh and then so with that knowing these commandments uh let's get into the fundamentals of a routine yeah so we drew a little pyramid um in the book, not the Illuminati the symbol. We are not part of that. No. Take <laughs> <Big> invitation. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of place cleansing, moisturizing, and sunscreen at the base of the pyramid mm -hmm. and actives up top. Mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why we did that was um, I think a lot of people were getting really confused on the skincare market. Mm -hmm. So people gravitate towards treatments and serums right away because they feel like I have a skin problem, I want to solve it. So I'm going to go buy this product that tells me that it's going to fade my hyperpigmentation. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to skincare, we really, really, really want to hone in that. Don't ever forget the base of the pyramid. Mm -hmm. It's your fundamentals. And uh, honestly, before you dive, even if you have these active skin concerns, once you have your foundation um, set and you're consistent with that foundation, everything else, it will, it will help your actives do that much more. Exactly. And like we mentioned previously with the commandments when inflammation happens this fundamental routine is your fallback plan it mm -hmm. is your skeleton routine that you go back to 
as your like basically safety net, safe zone, whatever you want to call it, safety word, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, safety so, word, safety word. <laughs> safe word. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so uh, that we really want you to solve that first before getting into all of the fancy actives. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that. I think uh, in this fundamental routine, we often get a very common question about cleansing, and Mm. that's, do we need to double cleanse? So I am in the camp of no, even though I myself enjoy double cleansing. Mm. To me, oil cleansers is a really good way to take off all the makeup or at least like loosen it up like even if it doesn't mm-hmm. fully clean it and, and then and then use my standard cleanser um <laughs> but for me i think a good oil cleanser should be formulated in a way that it doesn't leave so much residue mm-hmm. so it could be your one and done um yeah that's kind of how i feel about it but i will say a lot of oil cleansers out there uh, and especially bomb cleansers it tends to be a little residue and makes me want to do a second cleanse totally agree i think it also is very much impacted by your makeup that you use um it's just really the goal of like re- <laughs> the goal of removing makeup um so whether that requires two cleanses um that would be the only reason to like justify it um so yeah, it's definitely, we wouldn't say it's a must for everyone. Yeah, and to add to that, I think we also get a supplement question to that, which is, I think there is a school of thought of if you wear sunscreen, you need to double mm, cleanse or yes. use makeup remover. Yep. Um, that is not true. Most regular cleansers, unless you're using some really hardcore, like, oil, sweat, like, 34-hour visit, that's not real clean. But basically, like, <laughs> some really, really badass moist, um sunscreen your daily sunscreen isn't that that serious like you can wash it off with a regular cleanser yeah really good point um another question we would get in this fundamental routine is also about moisturizing Mm -hmm. um a lot of people now don't really have a one-and-done moisturizer right and they layer so i would i think um i think the general question is always like first of all do i need multiple layers like how important is it and yeah, can you speak from experience, Gloria, on like, you know, for you with dry skin, like how how many, just how many layers and is too many layers too much? So, you know, I think there is a misconception out there that um, people with dry skin look for heavy, greasy textures. Mm. Um, for me, that's, that's not, yeah. yeah, I don't, I actually think um, dry skin people j- like clean, elegant, um, not so, not, like, we like nice textures too not everything yeah. has to be grody yeah. and in my experience um sometimes it's that much more disappointing when something feels heavy and greasy but doesn't doesn't moisturize you i think that's such a good point that people mm-hmm. forget is mm-hmm. they're looking for these textural cues mm-hmm. that it is going to be moisturizing and it sucks because oh yeah we can totally create some really heavy gunky creams mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily equate to how hydrating it'd be yeah yeah so i think that's such a good point that people forget yeah Yeah. and for me um my oh uh, going back to both uh, well for both cleanser and moisturizer Mm -hmm. i think we get a lot of questions on like but how do i know Mm. so cleansers we say look for um you know a clean face without any of that residual tightness Mm -hmm. It can be a bit subjective what that really feels True. like. It's very tough. Uh, and we'll be honest, like we try to describe it the best we can, but sometimes it's like 
I I still think the best way to describe it is just it's boring. Like Mm -hmm. your cleansing experience, it's like sure, like you. There's things that they can do to make it like feel frothy and fun and fresh and you know smells nice. But at the end of the day, like you know, a good cleanser that is both gentle and cleanses well mm-hmm. most often feels pretty boring. Mm-hmm. And um, I that's actually great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for moisturizer, that's for me as a dry skin individual, I'm chasing that when do I feel the need to reapply mm-hmm. feeling. And for most moisturizers, I would probably reapply for um, in most cases. Um, but if you can get me through to early afternoon without me feeling need of, oh, I feel a little dry. And we're in LA. LA is yeah. extra dry, so it could depend on your climate. Yeah. But for me, if I can get to late afternoon and I'm like, should I reapply my moisturizer? Mm-hmm. Then that's a good one. <laughs> I was also going to say, like, for oily skin, that's the same. It's mm-hmm. the mid or early afternoon mark. Mm-hmm. You'll also get a cue of, like, I f- my face just feels very heavy, mm-hmm. shiny, gunky. Like, um, I said I wasn't going to touch my face. But sometimes when I just mm-hmm. swipe my forehead, you can just feel an excess layer mm-hmm. so um i i think the early afternoon mark is a good cue a good time point to check in yeah so yeah. going back to victoria's original question, <laughs> do you need to layer yes and no mm-hmm. for me i feel the necessity to layer because i just always find that the amount of humectant that's mm-hmm. like the water grabbers in creams are never enough mm-hmm. i always feel dry if i just apply um only a moisturizer yeah um, so for me, I do layer a uh, humectant. Again, my favorite is Aquafix. So I do always mm-hmm. have a base of that. I don't necessarily always go for a balm or oil over my moisture mm-hmm. uh, over my moisturizer. That for me is like a uh, kind of depends on my mood, depends yeah. on the weather, yeah. um, kind of thing. So the layer thing, I would say none of it is, uh, is necessary per se. One, It could be one and done, mm-hmm. right? I think everyone's chasing that holy grail that could be a one and done. Yeah. For me, it's whatever combination that gets you through a day without need to apply it is a good one. And also, let's be real, one and done's, they might get you through like one season, but mm-hmm. it's very common that you'll need some help maybe in winter, you know, or you'll need to dial it back. So chasing a one and done is it's like if you can find it great but also just don't don't focus on that so much like Mm -hmm. an added layer can like always help you and just give you that much more diversity when skin changes um yeah and then we in terms of sunscreen you know what to do use it you know don't forget it um and we're just gonna move on um Good sunscreen is a sunscreen that you will use. So that's why we always say texture is king. There is a lot, a lot, a lot of noise out there that says uh, that talks about how you have to use mineral, you have to use this, don't use a tint, blah, 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 blah. A good sunscreen is one that you will use. The mm-hmm. end, period. That's yep. it. All right, cool. So with that, let's talk about layering order because that can get confusing very easily and um we have this rule we always like you to start with the most water and end with the most oil um and generally that's just it for us it's just a goal to organize um it's really not an end-all be-all there are papers out there that have looked at layering um i think and- a lot of isn't yeah, it, it, the general conclusion is like, it doesn't really matter. But for us, the way we see it is like, 
one way to organize instead of mixing and there there are ingredients like petrolatum that it's just not really the wisest to put up front so that's why right so your oily waxy stuff like petrolatum um well it's it works as an inclusive Mm -hmm. so if you put on anything water-based after that it's not going to penetrate very well so if you have actives then it's just chilling in the pool of petrolatum so slurp 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 yeah so generally Mm -hmm. speaking it's um yeah most water to most oily waxy exactly all right cool uh and with that uh we did want to talk about once you've figured out the fundamentals it is time to start looking into actives and just some general rules that might help you along your journey the first thing really is to just pick one category and in the actives we have the big four big four (laughs) it's not the final four all right so in skincare decoded um when we wrote it we have we talk about the big four and that is your retinoids your chemical exfoliants your Mm -hmm. ahas bhas phas niacinamide and vitamin c C. thank you um so those are the four categories that we the reason why we call them the big four is because of their just general historic data the sheer amount of historic data proving that these are true actives and um generally the skin concerns that they target as well so um we would say if you are looking for a place to start look in those four categories yes and uh we have a blog article out link here it talks about kind of um how to think about these actives in terms of how aggressive they are we broke it down to tier one two three four you know um when you are combining actives the important thing to be more i think we get a lot of questions about like oh is this a good combo yeah. like will this will this ph conflict with mm. each other but None of that matters as much as whether or not that combination will irritate your skin. Yes. And good point. the uh, actives like high levels of glycolic and retinoids are probably the most likely to irritate your yeah. skin. So we will say try not to combine them. But uh, of course, like once you're a more seasoned skincare user, you you will figure out what your skin likes and you can add more layers if you if it works for you. Exactly. So again, just start with one. Mm-hmm. Make sure skin is happy. Um, you've got a good rhythm essentially and then you can work on dialing up the frequency or concentration or bringing in a new guy but it's like you only want to do a step-by-step approach um, would be just the easiest uh, way of I think this is why I always have mixed feelings about the ordinary because on one hand it popularized a a lot of ingredient names that people otherwise wouldn't know but at the same time I see so many routine and shelfy pictures where it's like 20 the ordinary bottles yeah. be like this is my night routine and like all the exfoliants yeah like just like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like oh <gasps> yeah yeah such a good point um but yeah so other than that that's a quick review of how to build it how to introduce an active we are going to take a break um and uh we're going to get into decode that claim and then after that we will look into some of these burning questions that you might have about building the routine um so first things first in decode that claim this one i have to be honest not as funny as the other ones we found oh but yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry gloria um but i did want to bring it up because i think it is a pretty important topic um so while browsing some new skincare brands out there um one 
FAQ response writes, our products are formulated with safe synthetic ingredients and have gone through the necessary testing required by the FDA. So, <laughs> I really just brought in a can of worms. <laughs> so long story short, the FDA doesn't, when it comes to cosmetics, it's they don't have a lot or any stringent requirements. Um, in cosmetics, it can be a little bit complicated, but there's... People are like... Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah. So there are um, groups formed by the industry, like trade groups, that have um, a lot of safety testing, um, a lot of standards that they themselves go through, and then the suppliers and manufacturers of these ingredients, a lot of times they take on the burden of going through the toxicology, you know, um, forming the SDS, like doing all the safety testing. And there's a lot of uh, history of use by these products, uh, of these ingredients. Now, when you put it all together, there's a different set of safety tests and understanding you're supposed to have about these um, products. Some of the most important ones are, can it survive through its shelf life? Is it going to grow a mushroom mummy? You know, things <laughs> like that. Um, but none of which is really set by the FDA. Yes. So when they say all the necessary testing required by the FDA, I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so th this is where we raise our eyebrows because the FDA, they have recommended guidelines, but that's it. They do not have a required protocol or let's say registration or anything like that for this, any of these formulas. Um, and so... Hopefully that doesn't scare you because we wanted to let you know that in the process of registering these ingredients, um, a lot of those safety tests are already done. They're looking at the history. There is a panel looking at these ingredients solely. Um, it is recommended by the FDA for all brands to go through safety. And this is why there is just a lot of gray area and like awkwardness in, in terms of, you know, I guess you might be wondering, is there a governing body that's looking at all of these brands and their safety testing? No, until you get caught. That's that's really how it is. And that's why we wanted to share all of that with you guys. Um, um, but on the other hand, we want you to know that these are there are very standard general practices. Mm -hmm. And if you're a brand out there listening that you should definitely be doing um, specifically micro and safety testing. There are tests out there that um, are kind of the best SOP to use. Um, and yeah, that's really it. So that's what I wanted to share. Yeah, it's not the juiciest topic you want oh, you, you want us to talk I about. I thought it was juicy. Claim, but it's just yeah. not very funny. <laughs> I think or it's funny. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that there are, there are a lot of people that love to use these like talking points and like, mm -hmm. insinuating that other brands don't do these FDA yeah. required testings yeah. and like oh. yeah exactly um if you are well versed in the industry you would know that these things are something you absolutely should do and um yeah this claim is kind of like a frou-frou not quite true claim that we just wanted everyone to be aware of cool cool all right so that's it for decode that claim uh, let's get into some burning questions you might have while building your routine. Uh, first things first, one of the most popular questions we always get in terms of building routine is pH. How much should we care about it? 
Ooh, that is a hot topic. Um, for us, we are always like, okay, it's important, but not probably not as important as you mm-hmm. think, because we get questions that's very, very specific. Questions that's like, oh my god, I have I have the serum that's pH three point five. Can I really, really layer a, a serum that's a pH of five yeah. along with it? It's it's not as serious as you think. Mm-hmm. So there's a few ways. Uh, uh, a few different concepts at play here. So let's say when you're talking about vitamin C, you will hear that, oh, the pH has to be under 3.5 for it to be stable. But when we talk about stability, we're talking about it's sitting there in your medicine cabinet being stable. So when you apply it, it works. It doesn't mean that like, as soon as it touches another product that's a pH of five, then it's going to die an agonizing death in the next 10 minutes (laughs) and it won't do anything on your face. That's not how it works. And if you think about it, your skin's pH is higher than 3.5. It doesn't mean you're applying your um, serum of pH 3.5 on your face and the vitamin C is just like, (gasps) you know, it's, that's not how it works. So in that respect, it's not as important as you think. Yes. Um, and then, that, and then going into layering, um, get this a lot. Yet, yeah, so if you apply a serum that's at a higher pH, like over your low pH serum, like yeah, the general pH environment is gonna go up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, like this is where you have to look at things like clinical studies. Yes. I guarantee you these clinical studies are not making people wait like 45 minutes to make sure the pH of your face stays as low as humanly possible Mm -hmm. before you layer on the next product. So know that it still works in those environments. Clinical testing is not like tracking the pH of your face and correlating it to whether or not these actives work. So it's important, but it's probably more important for chemists when formulating Mm -hmm. than you guys when you're applying products yeah. and i would say like when you want to be mindful of ph more so is like if you have compromised skin that <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have compromised skin um they've there's a few papers that looked at skin types like psoriasis eczema even acne they'll look at ph and find that you know it's generally skews higher and so with that um they have found that formulas with lower pHs can be helpful and also with compromised skin if you are looking at let's say an acid that's probably not the most ideal like a lower pH acid may not be the most ideal situation for compromised skin so Mm -hmm. this would be like the one situation where like yes it is important to be mindful but also we've gotten questions where people are like oh this cleanser is a pH of six like that's not a real skin friendly pH and we're like actually that's quite fine you know um, you don't have to calculate down to the decimal point um, general ranges work in skincare and we will fun fact in for chemists when we formulate pHs fluctuate mm-hmm. yeah so there it really just operates off of a range yeah and um, when it comes to cleanser pH yeah. just also know that um, oh <laughs> when it comes to cleansers that is another to- uh, another area where people get very focused on the pH yeah, it is so one much. part of the formulation yeah. just one piece of it yeah. the surfactant system support ingredients how you use it you know all these things play a part of like how gentle and suitable it is for Even your skin the preservative system it's actually pr- cleansers are notorious, notoriously kind of difficult to preserve so the preservative system actually plays a huge role in the overall like experience so yeah ph is just a piece of the puzzle yeah all right 
Next burning question. Layering active. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, uh, this could be more organized, but we're just gonna get into like a couple general questions that people have. I think the first thing they just want to know is what actives are not that great to mix together, um, and. This is where I think Gloria and I end up having a lot of existential like crisis questions mm-hmm. about, you know, what it's really about, you know, what does it mean by ideal? Um, and for the most part, if you're talking about a very temporary action of mixing formulas together, uh, we actually aren't too worried about that because that is such a temporary uh, situation, uh, Gloria. I don't know if there's anything there you think. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. And I think, um, again, that goes back to when you talk about actives that maybe will mix and interact and have a chemical reaction. That is more of a formulator's concern when yeah. you are applying on your face one at a time or mixing your hand. That's typically not enough time to really mm-hmm. change things up too too much yeah um so you shouldn't worry too much um i think in terms of layering um ahas is a, another area where people talk about a lot because yes. the lower it is the better it is or yes. the better it works but yes. obviously at a really low ph you might risk irritation mm-hmm. so let's say you're in an office setting you're applying an aggressive peel um, in fact, they're monitoring the peel progress and they will neutralize it and bring that pH back up when you're done. Yeah. So, but in a home setting, the pH is much higher in general, these products. So it doesn't matter as much. Um, so I would say AHA products, I wouldn't mix it with anything else and bring that pH right out from the default on the get-go. I would apply it, um, wait a normal time. It doesn't have to be 20 full minutes yeah. before applying because it is likely that most other products will have a higher pH. I think that's a really good point. AHAs really come with a lot of asterisks because yeah. it's like low pH, high concentration, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of those factor in. And the one thing that I just really prefer not to mix is retinol with AHA. Yes. Just because... Um, pure retinol, which actually is probably more rare to find nowadays, um, it really does not like low pH. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the one thing where it's just mixing those two together. um, It's just not... And a lot of the retinols, because it's oil-based, they're going to be an emulsion. So you're mixing that with like a low low pH, high concentration acid. That would be the one thing that is just like a really, really awkward combination. Um, But nowadays, because retinols are encapsulated, um, different encapsulations do different things, can protect it in different ways. That could be different now. But it's just um, generally, when we think about the formula types, it's probably the weirdest of the general actives to combine. So that was a lot of info. To sum up, a lot of mixing is... (laughs) most of the mixing is probably yeah. okay we will avoid AHAs and retinol yeah even layering the, and this isn't from a stability perspective it's more like irritation potential yeah. we do always recommend when you're first dabbling in these actives consider both like high levels of uh, an AHA and retinol as your yeah. tier one active as in uh, start raining in one first before adding the other and try to avoid them on the same day yeah 
I think that's a great point. And I think another one that always comes to mind, uh, we still get asked about, is combining ascorbic acid vitamin C with niacinamide. Um, it, yeah, if you do combine the two, uh, if in a solution, you will start to see that the color starts to change. And there is always this concern of, you know, um, is it basically degrading? And so, um, with that, you know, there's actually a lot of studies out there. Um, actually, I shouldn't say a lot. There are some studies that have actually tested the concentration and the integrity of these actives when they are mixed and find that it's actually relatively okay. But it is a general awkward combo um, that, you know, we always mention that it's like in formulation together long term, heated very high, I believe, um, is when... Uh, the formula is like it's not ideal but let's say you are mixing of your vitamin c serum with your niacinamide the ordinary is nice 10 percent niacinamide and then you're layering that is temporary and generally okay yeah and just know that these complexes there's like one paper that looked at looked at that yellow complex that forms and mm-hmm. said this combo also is good for your skin so again <laughs> yeah, so when you're point, yeah. layering it's fine. Yeah. Um, we'd be more wary of products that formulate the two together. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but that leads to the next question, which is, what should I use in the morning and what should I use <laughs> at night? Is there a strict rule to what I could use in the Whatever morning Whatever you night? want. <laughs> oh, Victoria <laughs> has checked out. Okay. Um, yeah, so actually most actors, including retinol, there are studies out there that show that uh, you can also use it in the morning. Again, it goes back to irritation potential. And, and using sunscreen. And using sunscreen. At the end of the day, whatever we say about clinicals, the only thing that stays true across pretty much all skincare clinicals is everyone uses sunscreen. Yeah. So whatever you want to do, if you want to use retinol at night, which is generally a recommendation also because a lot of these actives, they're effective at a once a day frequency so like to not overwhelm your skin you can just do c in the morning retinol slash exfoliants at night and yeah. not get too deep in the debate but if you're like you know what retinol's my jam i don't even care about anything else i want to use that morning and night you could just use sunscreen and be and again read the love languages of your skin make sure it's not being too irritated yeah and the reason why we like ascorbic acid during the day is because when it's tested um, a lot of those applications are during the daytime um, and it has it's just a great pairing um, with your sunscreen um, getting those antioxidants uh, and protecting you from uv damage so that's our general thought process behind ascorbic acid also it is a perk because your night routine can get easily congested with other skincare products so make my 20 bottles (laughs) the ordinary exactly um all right uh another topic we i kind of wanted to talk about was actives percentages (laughs) i'm so excited Uh (laughs) uh-huh and Clearly, we have a lot of mixed feelings about this because when Gloria and I, back in our day, mm-hmm. uh, used, uh, just started writing about skincare science, we really wanted people to talk about percentages because there was just a lot of, we felt like the industry was getting a pass on just how much of an active they were putting mm-hmm. in products. Um, we see so many products that say, oh, we 
this product uses this really exotic, amazing extract or whatever. And we're like, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah. it's in there, probably like. <sighs> yeah, exactly. So that's how we started. Uh, it's 2022 now. The number of brands we've seen come out with percentages and be transparent about it. Cool. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Until、mm-hmm. we started seeing the percentages, and then we're like, "Oh, so this is the other end of it." It started with some AHA products, where it says a ten twelve percent AHA, and then you look at the ink,、uh, the ingredient list, and you're like, "Where's my AHAs?" And you realize it's probably a ten percent extract that is、Plant、rich、extract. in. AJ's,、exactly. which means you're actually getting probably in concentration one percent glycolic tops, which you know it's fine if you want a low level use, but calling it ten percent AJ is incredibly confusing and misleading. Yeah, so that started it. Then we also started seeing weird percentages, like four percent retinol,、uh, which is not helpful to anyone because. Now people are so used to hearing point one and to one percent. They're like, four、oh, percent. God damn. Yeah, I gotta I get on that. Have to use that, right? So,、yeah. we're seeing the other side of it now.、Um, I think my general thought, at least, is this is more annoying, but you have to keep more on top of the percentages. You know,、um, keep in mind that for every active, those concentrations that you need are going to be incredibly different.、Right. You're gonna be used to hearing big numbers in AHAs, whereas retinol, you might need as little as 0.1%.、Mm-hmm. You know, so just know that with every active, it's different, and being on top of those levels can really save your routine and save your skin. So that's our general rule there. Yeah, and for brands that do the <laughs> boo, boo, we'll be booing you all year. Yeah. Yep. For real. <laughs> all right. Cool. Uh. Last but not least,、um, I'm gonna try not to open this can of worms at the end. Oh Lord! But I think like when people think of doing, let's think about the general lost consumer who's、mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to get into skincare. The first thing they're gonna hear is clean, and I think、um, it just made me think like, okay, how do you help someone who just wants to shop for a better product?、Um, So I was just trying to think about like what would be my top tips, and I think you know generally for moisturizers,、um, we refer back to、um, our blogs that talk about how to how to look for a moisturizer, look at and understand humectants, emollients, occlusives, the breakdown that should help you shop shop by ingredient and care less about clean.、Um, We know you want to do better, but I guarantee if you find the right ingredients, you won't need to worry about the rest of that. Yeah, and just know that a lot of these、um, clean lists, most of it's like blown out of proportion. Yeah, and、um, it's getting worse. We, yeah, we updated ourselves recently. We're like, oh, it's only grown. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a weird pissing match, like of who can have the longer no-no、yeah. list and. It's scary to look at, but、mm. just know that a lot of it's very misleading. That's not the meat of this episode, so we're not gonna go into each、yeah. one about why, why it doesn't really <laughs> hold up. But just know that you know a lot of these scary topics are fear mongering. Some of the ingredients you will rarely, if ever, really find your skincare to begin with,、um, and then there are other ones that just, just, just they don't deserve the bad rep. No, not at all. And、right. again, 
sunscreen one more shout out is you will see people pushing hard for mineral on these lists hardcore but again just remember without going too much into it i'm sure one of our meets this year will be sunscreens again mm. but just know that a good sunscreen is ones that you'll use if you if your mineral formula make you look like a clown you're just not gonna use it yeah and oh. skincare at the end of the day uh, skin cancer is the enemy here so mm. just keep that in mind is using something that's going to give you proper protection will always trump what's going on in the whole i don't know marketing claims that drama. space this space this the space yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> and um i did have one more just one more note um when you are looking for uh skincare treatments mm -hmm. clinicals can speak a lot um, and can really help you make that decision. Um, just keep in mind you're looking for, you're not looking for things that say, <laughs> it's a disease today. <laughs> you're not looking for things that say 90% agree, you know, are these like big numbers. You're more looking for, you know, percentages that say, so, um, sorry, a 35% marked improvement in wrinkles crow's feet pigmentation um so that's the one thing that can really help you like if you are trying to choose between products yeah so in that <sighs> i think that's the meat are we gonna wrap the meat yes that's the meat we're done yay, yay! welcome back <laughs> <laughs> crash course to the routine all right now it's time Yes. <laughs> Corey is ready. She's uh -huh. getting ready. And Ant, it is time to break, 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 break it up. Break, break, break it up. Break, break, break it up. Break it Okay, animal fun fact corner. All right, Gloria. It's clearly Gloria's turn. I am very excited. Everyone strap in. We promised you and we will deliver, even though I'm not sure if we actually made this promise. Maybe I briefly <laughs> mentioned it, but... Today we're going to talk about camels. <laughs> and this is because of the famed camel beauty pageant. Yes. I saw this a couple years ago. It was, it was actually, I think it was still when I was still doing my corporate gig. Um, <laughs> I saw a headline that was something like, oh, Botox uh, is a huge problem in camel beauty pageants. I'm like, okay, like, come again. <laughs> beauty, uh, uh, camel what? <laughs> So um, I'm going to read this article, and this is a recent one. This one came out um, December of 2021. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Just when you thought you were the only ones getting Botox, yes. little did you know, camels. camels. Dozens of camels barred from solid beauty contests over Botox and touch-ups. Oh, no. The article's not long, but it's really good, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Yes. Um, Saudi authorities have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contestants that receive Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups. Oh, the state-run no. Saudi press agency reported on Wednesday with over 40 camels disqualified from the annual pageant. <laughs> Saudi Arabia's popular King Abdul Aziz Camel Festival, which kicked off earlier this month, invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels to compete for some $66 million in prize money. God. Damn. my god that oil money is real <laughs> <clears throat> but botox injections facelifts and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive are strictly prohibited jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's heads necks humps dress and postures dress. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
judges. I, 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 okay. The fascinating thing is it's a month-long festival in the desert northeast of the Saudi capital, Riyadh, are escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels, the official news agency reported using, quote-unquote, specialized and advanced technology to detect tampering. (laughs) This year, the authorities have discovered dozens of breeders that have stretched out the lips and nose of the camels, used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, injected camels' heads and lips with both to make them bigger they have also inflated body parts with rubber bands and used fillers to relax their faces the club is keen to halt all acts of tempering and deception in the beautification of camels beautification of camels is not a line i thought i would read today (laughs) the sba report says adding that the organizers would quote-unquote impose strict penalties and um, manipulators also I think it's hilarious that the governing body is called the spa. Yes. (laughs) The camel beauty contest is at the heart of a massive carnival, which also features camel races. That sounds like fun. Sales and other festivities, typically showcasing thousands of what the heck? Dromedaries. Dromedaries. The extravaganza seeks to preserve the camel's role in the kingdoms, but... (laughs) I can't say that word very well. Uh, Seeks the kingdom's traditions and heritage, Uh even as the oil-rich country plows ahead with modernizing mega projects. It is a multi-million dollar uh, industry, and similar events take place across the region. So first of all, it's a lot to unpack there, but first of all, I was like, $66 million, I'll be a camel. (laughs) 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 You can check me with Botox. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Stick a hump on my back. Go for it. Um, But yeah, the the Pictures One Festival looks like a lot of fun. There's like a lot of um, street food, a Mm -hmm. lot of vendors. As uh, the article mentioned, there's camel racing. I see people selling carpet and a lot of wares like little like it's a whole thing right but i was really curious i was like what qualifies as a beautiful yeah i was just gonna ask i was like do you have a picture of what is considered a beautiful camel so i'll post a picture of the winner here but i looked up criteria for camel beauty i don't think google knows who i am anymore (laughs) but i google what is a beautiful camel Camel pageant criteria. I really hope you are now getting fed a ton of camel ads, like camel riding equipment. Yes, camel breeding guidelines. (laughs) So criteria for camel beauty is judged on four main categories, coat, neck, head, and hump. (laughs) So the coat should be smooth and bright. I think that one's pretty, pretty logical. The neck is one I was like, oh, it says... It should be long, wide, elegant, and lean, but not too wide. <laughs> <laughs> wide and lean. But not too wide. <laughs> but not too wide. And okay. strong. I think they're also looking for strong muscular neck. definition right. in the neck. All right. Okay. So there's possible muscle, uh, what is it? Uh, growth hormone injections into the neck. Yes. Okay. That's terrifying. The head is where it gets wild. Okay. The head. And I'm quoting this article here. I didn't make this up, guys. The head should be large and upright. <laughs> Am I, as opposed to like saying, I can't like, I can't like, no. <laughs> as well as proportioned to the rest of the body. Again, proportion as in what? Who decide that your head to neck ratio should be what? But anyway. Mm, so we're, there is the golden ratio for camels. Yes. Okay. 
this is where it gets weird. <laughs> it's not weird yet. And then it goes, lips are pouty and pendulous, with the upper lip being cleft. Chin is visible from the front and side. <laughs> Eyes are wide and long with dark lashes. Ears are long, furrowed, and pricked up. And also, keeps the sand out. <laughs> so, you, you had me thinking that you were talking about an actual model until yeah. you talked about the sand filter. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Kim Kardashian must be a beautiful camel. <laughs> I'm like, long dark lashes, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> also, it is grossly human, like when they talk about a cleft lip and like. Yeah, like it's very specific. I'm like, oh god. And I think for me, it's like, lips are pouty. I was like, who the heck is looking at a camel and be like, oh my god, them lips are pouty? <laughs> like, me <"God> like you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> Last month at least. Okay. The hump. All right, hit me. The hump should be large and shapely. Again, their words, <laughs> not mine. In the, humps are you talking about? in the usual position, close to the back, which I'm like. Again, whose humps are you talking <laughs> about? Like, yeah. A good posture and a large hump may increase the camel's chance of winning. So, anyway, is that's. There, is there such thing as too large of a hump? That I didn't see. I don't. I mean. <laughs> I don't think you can't get a hump that's too large. <laughs> when it comes oh, to humps, okay. I think the larger the better. Okay. Um, but I will say, um, this is the Saudi tradition. Um, it's a little absurd to people who didn't grow up in that tradition. And I apologize if anyone out there is uh, into this. And yeah, I should just delete this whole thing. I don't know. This is very <laughs> weird to me. Um, but I will say, Saudi Arabia is a country that is that struggles with some really stringent traditions mm. as well as they trying pride themselves to, in traditions. Yeah, sure. as well as trying to be progressive. I did read this very new article that I find fascinating, which is, um, this is very recent. So traditionally, you can only be a male breeder. You can only enter as a, as a man. Mm. But as of January 2022, this is hot off the press. Women can now enter the contest. Oh, they yay! can also be camel breeders. So... You know, you don't need a chaperone to drive anymore. You can also <laughs> ride your own camel. So, um, oh, that's yeah. Good news. Uplifting. I, Way to end on an uplifting yes. note. <laughs> I just feel like I just, I can't stop laughing at the description of beautiful camels. And I'm like, I feel really bad. I'm sure like, like with $66 million on the line, this is very serious. But at the same time, I, I can't help but feel like, um, and I will say I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not Middle Eastern, <laughs> so I didn't grow up with it. So to me, yes, it's absurd. Um, but at the same time, I can't help but feel like it must have started out as a very like, it's like horse breeding, right? Mm-hmm. Like it started out as something mm-hmm. probably more more innocent, more general. Like, well, oh. it's with anything that involves money, you get carried away. For example, pigeon racing. Now you have pigeon robbers and kidnappers. Yeah, so, so. next thing you know, you're pumping your camel full of Botox. <laughs> like who was the first person that's like, you know, I I immediately thought that there must be a, a camel cosmetic surgeon. It has to be, right? It mm-hmm. sounds like there's good money to be made. Think about it. If you go to the best cosmetic surgeon, they understand propo- proportions and what looks natural so that you it doesn't look so apparent, mm-hmm. right? That's why you go to them. 
there's gotta be a there's money on the line there's very surgeon. real money on the line for so, sure yeah. and the fact that they get facelifts wow yeah <laughs> right isn't fascinating and i think like for me i didn't again i didn't get too deep into this mm. um but i will say i read something that says that the camel judging criteria isn't super transparent so there are like a lot of judges because there's like hundreds of camels that ent- enter these pageants. Yeah. So judges will enter, they'll come out. It's graded. I think the total scores out of a hundred, mm-hmm. and they will announce like winner. I think there's like runner up, second mm-hmm. runner up, yada yada yada. But the process, there's been a lot of like complaints because it's not super transparent. Mm-hmm. Many things that's a uh, room for uh, money, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. money on the mm-hmm. side. So anyway, just a fascinating industry, and I will have never guessed that. Being the most beautiful camel in the world probably makes you more money than being yeah. the most beautiful woman in the world. Yeah. $66 million price. You know, I was just thinking too, like, they must, because they didn't talk about, like, fake eyelashes, which I'm sure they yes. have tried putting on camels. I was like, I bet that's actually a probably. more common thing that is required. And for- if you've seen those, like, Asians are like the the yeah, lash the yeah the falsies and also like the lash extensions they can look very natural yeah so I'm sure that cosmetic camel doctor is like I'm okay I got you I'm gonna make you the camel camels oh now I know now I want to know what is the best false eyelash for camels yes oh. Oh, so good, I'm right? Inspired. Oh, I will say something that I didn't have the chance to look up is when I was reading about the hump description mm-hmm. about how it should be big should be luscious and I'm like must be on the back so <laughs> is there a limit to like do you enter is there categories where you enter as a single hump versus a double hump yeah camels? i don't know i don't know anyway so that's the animal fun fact corner of the day hey, is camels with botox beautiful camels beautiful camels but more natural please less <laughs> botox and facelifts it's gonna be okay <laughs> i think the lying of the day is kim kardashian's probably considered a beautiful, beautiful camel, camel. <laughs> We're never getting invited oh to that God. party. <laughs> Sorry, Kim. <laughs> awesome. Hey. I can't wait to see what this beautiful camel looks like. Yes. It looks like a camel. Prettier than me. <laughs> it's got luscious hums. <laughs> I'm going to have lash envy. <laughs> Actually, the lashes on camels are pretty ridiculous. Pretty intense. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. They must curl them. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Awesome. Anyway, that's Great the share. beat. All right. It's time to end. We're going to have two last, qu- three last questions. Yes. Um, and then we'll just wrap this up. All right. Let's do some Q&A. I have a quick confession. Oh, yes. The two of us uh, answer all the questions that we get, whether through email we or DM. Do. Yes. It's how we started. Mm-hmm. Okay. The worst place to ask us questions is on the blog. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it it really is. It makes us so sad. Yeah, it's been really tough. Anyway, that's something on our list. I mean, uh, that we're trying to fix, but a lot. The 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 website doesn't let us respond. Yes. So a lot of times I pull these blog questions and address them in the podcast, which is probably not the most ideal way to do this. But (laughs) (laughs) you wanted your question answered on the blog. We give it to you in this video you have to watch. (laughs) So I pulled some questions that is more relevant to today's meet. Mm -hmm. So first of all, uh, the first question is, any guidelines on waiting time between product Mm. application? No. 
Uh, yeah. So I think you'll see a lot of crazy stuff out there that's like you have to wait at least X amount of minutes. And Ain't nobody you will, got time for that. Yeah, that's you'll hear real. things from five minutes to 20 to like once it's like half an hour. But you're trying to do like you can have a whole meal in between. Yeah, I will say that again. Going back to what we said during the meal of the episode yeah. is in these clinical studies, just know that this is the waiting time is not something they're monitoring. No. So it's not that serious. And yes, between product application, it should be pretty like well padded in, absorbed. You don't yeah. want like all the products to be sloshing around your face at the same time. Yeah. But other than that. There isn't a single study out there that proves that you should sit there and wait for like yeah. 20 minutes before applying the next product. I think uh, one asterisk I would have for that is sunscreen. Yes. Um, we, they've looked at, you know, when is an ideal time. Some like to say that it, you should apply it before all your skincare because you want to have the best adhesion to bare skin. It's how it's tested. And then... For us, we actually believe it should be at the tail end so that you're not interfering and you're just interfering with that film that it's trying to create. Um, and so that's probably the only one where just like do give it at least some time for your skin to absorb all your skincare. Um, so five minutes, you know, just yeah. kind of you, you'll have a decent gauge of it and then and then apply your sunscreen. And that would be probably the only time where we'd really... You know, it is that would be the one place if you wanted to think about wait time would be there. Yeah, you know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, next question right. is: I am using a moisturizer with glycerin. Should I seal it in with mineral oil or almond mineral oil? Mineral oil. Yes. Always. That is a loaded <laughs> question. Uh, well, first of all, between almond and mineral, uh, mineral is much more inclusive. So you that, said seal. That's you all said I based seal, on. And Victoria seal. like seal mineral. The end. Case closed. <laughs> I want to add that if, <laughs> yes. if, it's a, if it's a moisturizer containing glycerin, mm. it's likely that it already has some mm. other oils and I or occlusive in it. So picking up the word moisturizer, apparently Victoria here is seal. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> but if it's a moisturizer, it should have a blend of these ingredients yeah. already. So you might not need any of it. Mm-hmm. But if it's say more of a serum toner, kind of give the ingredient list a quick browse, then you might like if you're talking about something just hydrating, mm-hmm. then you would need uh, a seal, uh, something more oily, more occlusive, and yes, mineral oil is a better choice. Yeah. All right, last one. Last one. Last one. <clears throat> curious about the relationship between niacinamide and AHAs and BHAs, and also where BPO fits into all this. Ah. Yes. Oh, I was waiting for you to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll do the H-A-B-H-A part. Okay. <laughs> um, relationship between niacinamide, H-A-B-H-A. They are not related. <laughs> <laughs> they, are they do not, not know each other. They're not siblings. They're not from the same father. They're not from the same. No, no, no DNA there. Um, but generally speaking, H-A's, B-H-A's are used at much lower pH than niacinamide. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned in this article, Nice and all, but it doesn't matter very much. Nice and my, uh, especially, there's a lot of, if you Google it, you'll hear a lot of noise out there about how, oh, nice and my shouldn't be used at lower pH, it's unstable, unstable, yada, yada, yada. Your face is not a furnace that sets off chemical reactions, especially in this case. So in terms of layering HAs and niacinamide or niacinamide containing products like moisturizers, well, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, 
same as BPO. <laughs> and that's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, yeah, BPO is the only thing that um, you always, um, sorry, the only thing that you might hear about with BPO is actually tretinoin. Um, that's the one combo where they particularly would like you to keep them separate because they found that BPO might oxidize and degrade. And, um, and I'm not going to get into it, but there's some papers that question whether or not that's actually true, but you always want to be on the safe side with acne. So there you have it. Keep it separate. Um, but with niacinamide, um, you don't have to worry as much. We actually, I, I think that's a great combo just because niacinamide does help with your skin barrier. BPO can be quite aggressive for certain skin types. So yeah, have at it. You should be fun. In the fine fun sorry <laughs> you should be fine in the theme of working out is kind of like skincare next time my is like your push-ups just do them it's fine <laughs> it goes well with all your other exercises I like I know. <laughs> <laughs> sprinkle in a few here and there you're fine it plays well with like almost it. everyone <laughs> tell that to my fiance <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. So, but otherwise, yeah, generally should be fine. And if you do have any other questions that probably have arise from hearing us discuss all of this, you know where to find us. You can DM us on Instagram at chemist.confessions, and you can also email us um, at info at chemistconfessions.com. You can also just leave your question here uh, on the YouTube channel. We will get to them as well. So, otherwise, we hope this was helpful for mm-hmm. you. That's a wrap, Gloria. <laughs> That's a wrap. Just don't write to us about camel questions. That was the extent of my camel knowledge. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, if you have a claim you'd like us to decode, you have an animal that you think we would thoroughly enjoy, um, please share them. Pass them along. We actually get a lot of our recommendations through our followers. So mm-hmm. that'd be I great. think camel, someone else sent me the article. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, guys, that's it for episode one. We will see you next time. We don't know what the topic is, but you will see. Bye, everyone.